Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bigly Blast. Tonight, Mexico City is another high-altitude challenge for the Cardinals, literally and figuratively. And in the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray era, they have not been reliable in these high-leverage, high-profile games that carry playoff implications. So, will they show up or will they throw up? The big difference is this game, by all accounts, is going to pivot around Colt McCoy with Kyler Murray as an onlooker and the repercussions are enormous because if McCoy shows the same leadership, poise, and efficiency in a Cardinals victory, then Murray might lose his job, at least in the short term, or the team will end up losing the locker room. Because if McCoy beats this 49ers defense after beating the Rams defense, this locker room will not tolerate anything less. Now what I'm wondering is how bad is Murray hurting to be missing this kind of game? You think Josh Allen or Lamar Jones Jackson or Jalen Hurts would take a soft seat on the sideline and I'm also wondering if Murray senses the danger and which danger worries him more the thought of playing the ferocious 49ers with a decimated offensive line or the fear of losing his job to a 36 year old quarterback who by the way might be staging his own late career renaissance in Arizona and the last two guys who did that around here well they were Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer and they ended up in the team's ring of honor. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I don't want to say um, that it was a whole lot different from the offense in other ways. I mean, obviously, both quarterbacks bring a, a degree of talent into the position. I just felt like last week, you know, I thought as a whole, as a unit, we played in rhythm. The timing was excellent. Uh, he was on script with his receivers. We did not get ourselves into third, second longs, which to me, field position and and down in distance is a huge issue in this league. And, and I thought we played smart, smart football. So, again, kudos to those guys, especially the guys up front who, get, again, were put in a tough position. That's Steve Keim on with Burns and Gambo Friday here on Arizona Sports on uh, what he thought was different about the offense with Colt McCoy uh, quarterbacking in the win over the Rams. Now, didn't say it was much different. Uh, what we know, what, what Steve Keim said is what we know. It was a much cleaner operation. And you go back again to last week's episode of Hard Knocks where Colt McCoy, who uh, didn't know at that time, we didn't know at that time, he was going to be the starter against the Rams. He talked about how important communication and knowledge of uh, you know what you're supposed to do on certain plays. It you know even when you know we came in on Thursday morning and and kind of reviewed that episode, Bick. That was one thing that stood out because you know we didn't get that from Kyler Murray the week before. Um, was was Colt McCoy that adamant because he feels like that hasn't been a strength of the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, clearly this year. Yeah, clearly. I think that's probably the case. And Steve Kime didn't verify it, but kind of reiterated it uh, that you know we that that was the cleanest offensive operation we have seen from the Cardinals. Yeah, and it was the co- it was the cleanest operation we've seen from the head coach. It was the most competent uh, display from the head coach in quite some time. The bonding that happened on the sideline, the HBO hard knocks glimpses of, of defensive players in real time raving about Kyler Murray and where he was going with the football and and then the sideline the the body 
the flying bodies bumps between Cliff Kingsbury and Colt McCoy at the end, the just the camaraderie there. Again, I, I know it's really easy for people to go to this default position of, oh, Kyler Murray's the franchise guy. He's the guy making the $230 million. If Colt McCoy wins this game, this is really an issue, folks. It's not that cut and dry. When you get a football team responding to a leader the way the Cardinals have responded to Colt McCoy, and it's in stark juxtaposition to an offense that was terrible pretty much for nine weeks of the season under Kyler Murray to the point where everybody feels liberated. You mean to tell me that you would just accept at five and six and a two-game winning streak going into games against the Chargers and the Patriots that you would just go, okay, Kyler, it's your turn, and we're going to hope that you got better in the time that you've been gone? Do you just is it that is it that black and white? And if it is, how dangerous is that? I'm just going to say I don't think it's as gray as you do. And the the, okay. the biggest factor to me I, is is the preponderance of, of of this contract. I don't see the Commanders in any hurry to go back to Carson Wentz. I don't know about you. Cooper Rush, though, and Dak Prescott, remember that was a big storyline, mm-hmm. and they just kept insisting that it was Dak Prescott, even though they kept winning with Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. There's different ways to handle yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up the Washington situation. They're st- staying with Heineke. Um, Carson Wentz is a short-term but rental. Dak they're, Prescott, not, they're not stuck with a, a right. massive contract with him. But but even though Cooper Rush was was effectively leading the Cardinals with or the Cowboys with a very very contained run-oriented yes. kind of offense, Dak Prescott in their offense hadn't bottomed out the way Kyler Murray in this one has. So I'm just I'm just saying I'm not accepting the fact that 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 this thing just goes back to Kyler Murray next week yeah. if Colt McCoy wins this game. And, you, and you may be 100 percent right. In that again, if Colt McCoy wins, my personal opinion is that is one enormous if. I don't think I'll just let it out there. I don't think there's any way on God's green earth the Cardinals win this game tonight. I just don't feel that way. So this situation might take care of itself. If it does not, however, we are going to have some very interesting shows the rest of this week well, and also, next week leading into that game against the Chargers. There's something to it about. They win, but he also looks good as they win. Yeah. Well, like, he's going to, with he's going to have to look good that's, for that's them fair. to win. That's fair. He's going to have to look good for them I mean, to win. It, it, the Cardinals, one thing their defense has been very adept at recently, mm-hmm. scoring touchdowns. They've got the most defensive touchdowns. I think that's still the case uh, of any defense in the league. If you somehow can squeeze out a defensive touchdown and make a big play on special teams, Colt McCoy doesn't have to be that great to win this game. Because those are the types of plays no. that swing. But again, those are giant ifs. You can't count on those things. Well, again, the last year, Colt McCoy beat the 49ers in Santa Clara, and the game really wasn't even that close. And no. the game changed. There was a big George Kittle fumble early. There was a really bad face mask penalty that kept a drive alive, and James Conner scored a touchdown. The Cardinals got out ahead of the team. And even though the Cardinals didn't do a whole lot in the second half the 49ers weren't much of a threat and and they walked out of there with a very sturdy victory so yeah i think on paper you look at this the 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 contrast of these teams the 49ers offense they're completely healthy they've got a really good left side of their offensive line they've got Four really good, three really good skill players their defense is the best defense in the nfl but you know how these games go, man. If if the Cardinals' defense can get them off the field and and make them settle for field goals, and then you start getting those crazy bounces going your way, 
It'll be interesting. We'll see. Yeah. I, I I understand your I understand your gut feeling about this because I I, I kind of share that myself. I I can see a scenario in which the Cardinals hang in this game. I can see a scenario in which they get their doors blown off. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning that way. Not 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 like ugly, embarrassing, but a, but a steady, handy. Well, you just yep. said you you don't see any scenario in which they win. That's, yeah, but that's I, pretty that's pretty declarative, Eddie. Thirty five touchdowns. Thirty five seventeen. Okay. Double them up. That's not, yeah, that's okay. not, embar- that's not, close. That's no, not embarrassing. No, no, it's not. You're right. Uh, come celebrate the biggest FIFA watch party in town with Estrella Jalisco. Sarah Cazell and special guest Gerardo hey. Torado as the <laughs> Mexican national team takes on Argentina in front of big screens with live music and giveaways November 26th. That's at Sportsman's Park. Uh, text soccer to 620-620 for complete details. Coming up next, we will uh, have our weekly visit with the one and only Shane Doan. That's next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Don't score! Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one-hopper on that. He scores! The captain. Coyote's legend Shane Doan. Up early to talk Coyote's hockey with Bickley and Murata. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores! Yes, Coyote's legend, chief hockey development officer. Shane Doan, making time for us on a Monday, because we don't have shows on Thursday or Friday this week, but uh, Shane checks in with us now here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Doan, Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Um, yeah, here we are uh, with this road trip continuing to drag on. And, and I, I don't want to like harp on it, but it, again, it's fascinating. 14 games. When we talked last week, um, the Coyotes have played one game since then. Like one game in eight days, and that was the game in, in Vegas as they kind of shifted from east to west. I mean, how do you think the guys are dealing with this at this point? You know what? They got to come home for two days, three days. So they came home. Um, we had a practice here, an open practice in Scottsdale on Saturday. And uh, not that it's great you get to come home, but uh, it's nice to have a couple days in your own bed, kind of get new change of laundry and head back out on the road again. So uh, um, it is what it is. And, and Andre Tarrany, he's an incredible coach. And all he keeps saying is, hey, we might have a tough schedule now, but we're going to have the best schedule ever yep. in the second half of the NHL. So let's uh, this season. So we're just going to have to get through to that part, and uh, that's kind of their focus yeah. right now, and keep everything in perspective. All right, a lot of people have speculated that the return of Jacob Chikrin is going to kind of spark and heat up the NHL's trade market. That a lot of teams have been interested in this kid for a long period of time, but they all want to see him play. And and, and the word is is that everyone's going to be looking to see what scouts are attending the Coyotes games. How do you think that's going to play out, Donor? Yeah, I, I, obviously, Chick is someone that's a big part of our group, and uh, it would be really nice to have him back in the lineup. And we need him. He's a he's a young defenseman that can score. He's got a great shot and skates so well. So he's a, he's got all the the tools to make himself pretty special. Um, what happens, I guess, in the future here, it's kind of going to depend on him and and uh, how he plays and how everything goes and and what it what the other teams value him at as well as ourselves. Like we value him as someone that's very important to us. And um, he's somebody that's capable of, of being a difference maker. And uh, it's just nice having him back in the lineup 
So we're looking forward to seeing it as much as if there's scouts there watching, we're just as excited as them. So um, <laughs> we want to see what he can do. Right. Yep. Shane Doan uh, here, our guest on uh, Arizona Sports. He's not the only player coming back. Nick Schmaltz got hurt in the opener against Pittsburgh. He's scheduled to come back too. Let's talk about what uh, you know. What kind of a lift Nick Schmaltz can bring to this lineup moving forward, Donor? Well, I think that him and Kells, um, Clayton Keller, he actually got hurt at the same time as Chick did last year when he broke his leg. So, so bad. And I mean, uh, this what he's showing coming back has been really impressive. But the two of those guys, um, just the way that they play together, they're they're dynamic. And uh, Schmaltzy brings something. He. You're talking basketball, Vinny, as you know, about being able to create shots for yourself. Mm-hmm. He's, he's somebody that can create stuff for himself. He doesn't need other people around him, and he does a great job of creating space for his for his line mates. And, and that's so valid, and that's hard to find in the NHL. Like you don't you don't just find those guys anywhere. And so him coming back to the lineup, I think, gives Clayton Keller a real big boost, and uh, our whole offense gets a boost from him. And he's somebody that uh, has just proven it over and over again. Especially last year, the the chemistry that him and Kels had, they, they were the best players on the ice lots of nights. And that's, when you have two guys able to do that, that helps. I saw a report a couple of days ago, and I couldn't believe it. I started a way to ask you about and that would be the death and the decline of the slap shot in the NHL. That over the last <laughs> couple of years, the, the stats show that it is just kind of being phased out the game. What is going on, and what's the reason behind that? Well, I think now the slap shot, they don't consider a one-timer a slap shot, which is, that's part of it. I'm like, ah, I don't know, that's kind of a slap shot. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the slap shot was the traditionally used where he's skating down the ice. Mike Gartner is the guy that I always think of where he, you know, get the puck across the blue line, wind up, take a shot at the top of the circles and see if he can beat a goalie. You're not doing that. You just can't score anymore off that shot. They're just, the goalies are too good. If they, if, they see you winding up and they have a chance to get set. They're not, <laughs> you just don't beat them. And so I think the wrist shot is such a quicker release. And the, and the sticks, the way the sticks have changed, guys can shoot a wrist shot just about as hard as they can a slap shot now where, you know, 20 years ago, that was, that was a lot more difficult. And the sticks have gotten whippier. And so as you get whippier, you get, if you use the technology in them properly, you can, I mean, your wrist shot's probably up around 90, 92, 95 miles an hour. And, the effort and the amount of time it takes to get a slap shot away isn't really worth the reward. So the guy's starting to be a little crazy. Hockey players are getting smarter, maybe. Yeah, but <laughs> go back to like when, when you were coming up, it just seemed like the slap shot, the velocity on a slap shot was kind of a flex for players in that era, wasn't it? Al McGinnis! Oh, Al Afraidy! <laughs> Oh, yeah, Shea Weber. So uh, we got all this. Uh, <laughs> I love all those. Well those done, man. Um, I agree, and, and there still is. Like, It's so funny because guys will be like, how hard do you think you can shoot it? Michael Stone, a guy that played here for the Coyotes, is a guy that, I mean, that guy can pound a puck. Like, he can shoot a puck. He has an elite shot. I would say he's probably in the top two or three in the whole NHL. And we talk about it. And he gets his shot through as a defenseman at the point, but he's, that's really the only time that they get him through. And yeah. the rest of the time, like no forward's taking a slap shot. You look at Austin Matthews, he's got the best shot in the game. He takes one-timers and he does a, like a kind of pull-and-drag shot that he does all the time. That, um, but yeah, that, and the, the harder you could shoot the puck, I mean, guys would come flying in from the blue line and take a shot on a puck that's stationary. It just doesn't happen anymore. Interesting. So. 
Uh, all right, so uh, so the Cardinals got a big game tonight in Mexico City where the altitude is severe. Have, does altitude affect hockey players? You know what? Colorado affects you. And it, you know what the crazy part is? Is that it, it affects you only in the first, from what I've been told. And again, I am experiencing it. I understand what they're saying. It's like the first 24 hours it affects you. And then after that, you pretty, you get used to it. I mean, the more you, the more you exert yourself after 24 hours, it has an impact, I guess, to a certain degree on your recovery, but it's, it's not as big of an impact after the first 24 hours. So um, once you get there for a little bit, and I'm assuming they're probably there on Saturday or they were there on Friday, so they're probably a little bit adapted to it. And it's both teams, so it's not as big yeah. a deal. Like if it was one team that it's a home field advantage, it makes a big difference. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, uh, for both of them, I don't think. It, it, they'll be tired, and they'll probably need some oxygen on the side, and you'll see the guys with the masks on, and uh, we'll all make a big deal about it. <laughs> Donor, going back to Bickley's question about the death of the slap shot, I just had a very concerning thought. The greatest hockey movie of all time. We're all agreed. It's slap shot. What would they call that yeah, now? If they made shot, that like wrist oh, shot, one timer. I know. Yeah, they must. Yeah, one timer would probably be. It is. It is such a great movie, and it is so funny that this generation of hockey, like well, actually the last probably fifteen years, I would make make a comment about yeah we're working you know yeah 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 we're working the on it, brothers or something about yeah, the power right. play. <laughs> and nobody would, no one would know what wow. I'm talking about, and it would break my heart. But wow. oh, what a great movie! Did you ever like organize a team movie watching party to, to educate the youngins? <laughs> no, but we made a couple of them watch it. We did a couple of uh, Broadway shows that I made guys go to, but I didn't make them go to watch a, <laughs> a, um, uh, a movie, which is kind of funny. And maybe that's a problem. I should have been doing that instead. <laughs> well, Donor, uh, thanks for making time for us today. Always good to catch up with you. Have a uh, great holiday, and we'll talk again next week. All right. Thank, thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, hey, Gavin. zip it over there, Jared. Yeah, shut up, Jared. <laughs> That's what Shane wanted me to tell Very you. Very quiet today. Wait, did he say zip it? He said zip it. That's so sweet. <laughs> That's sweet. He won't even say shut up, Jared. He says, oh, please be quiet, I know. Jared. Oh, please. Pipe down, Jared. Coyote's Chief Hockey Development Officer joins us every week here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, yeah, we touched on it with Donor. Big difference in uh, preparation for tonight's Monday night game in Mexico City. We'll get into those differences and what it could mean moving forward. That's next, Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. San Francisco's coming on Monday night, oh boy. Don't know if our QB will be Kyler or Colt McCoy. We're stuck in indecision in quarterback limbo. Which one will keep us rolling? This week in Mexico When I watch this week's Hard Knocks I'm looking for insight What happened on the sidelines Was there a player fight Cause they cut a man named Eno And I don't know why So now it's all on Connor On this Monday night Excited, you know, excited about this trip, Monday Night Football. It's a division opponent. Um, 
can't ask for anything more, really. I've, a lot of these guys have never played in that stadium. I've never played in that stadium and 100,000 people. And, um, so definitely good energy out there. I bet there's people saying those cards aren't any good. But let's see how we're playing with Hoppin' Hollywood. Let's beat the 49ers and beat Jimmy G. Stay alive in the playoffs. One more week at least. Those in our audience who think, you know, you hear a Johnny Cash song and you say, Johnny Cash songs are so easy to sing. Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, though, could Cliff Kingsbury sing a Johnny Cash song? Same register, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did like the use of the lyric, uh, cut a man named Eno. Very very well done. The only reason I picked that song was for that particular lyric. I (laughs) should have guessed, but it worked well. Uh, Jared Carlin has a little musical... uh, Homage to tonight's Monday night game in uh, Mexico. And, um, yeah, uh, there was uh, an update. Uh, Justina Anderson uh, put it out on Twitter today. She's reporting DeAndre Hopkins good to go. Listed as questionable with the hamstring, he'll play. Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray doesn't look like he's going to go, according to all the reports. Yesterday, Peter Schrager said as much. She and Rappaport backed it up today. So that's the latest on the injury front. Uh, in terms of the preparation for this game, this is, I think, an interesting side note to uh, this contest tonight, and that is... Altitude. Yep. Uh, you're playing at extreme altitude, 7,000 feet plus, uh, not something you're used to. These two teams took very different strategies to get ready for this altitude. San Francisco packed up. They went to Colorado Springs, practiced not only in the altitude, but in the cold. Yep. Uh, and, the, and the snow. And the snow. And the Cardinals uh, stayed at home in Tempe. They went down to Mexico on Saturday. Uh, what do you make of all this, Vic? Uh, I make quite a contrast out of this, and it, it's going to interest, be interesting to see what shows up on the football field. Because if if you followed some of the San Francisco media, you could tell by the end of their stay at the Air Force Academy um, in Colorado Springs that the 49ers were not real happy about having to do that. That they kind of felt it was piling on hard work and difficulties into a scenario that did not need them. Nick Bosa said, quote, it's been an interesting trip. It's definitely tested our fortitude and our ability to remain positive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did they stay in tents? Listen, well, they were they were there for four. They were there for four days. Um, They had a practice in snow on one day. They practice on the turf the next day. All the while it was freezing cold outside. And and I think that that cold kind of got to them like, what are we doing? in this for it's one thing to train for altitude but but it's not going to be 25 degrees in mexico city why are we putting ourselves through this and so you know issues getting to practice riding buses staying in hotels all that stuff has kind of graded on the 49ers and it's real it's fascinating to me now kyle shanahan didn't back off he said this quote anytime you get off your routine it takes a bit longer to get to practice but i don't consider that a challenge
challenge. I consider that things not being perfect, but it's all about the practice field, and that was a challenge, and that's what Monday is going to be, end quote. So uh, it, the question really becomes is did that did that did this challenge become bigger than it needed to be in the minds of Kyle Shanahan because the Cardinals chose to do exactly the opposite, which was yeah. nothing. I, I got to say, like hearing these, these reports of the belly aching uh, among the 49ers, I don't think it's a great look. I'm not saying it wasn't a challenging scenario for them, but they're a team that is the team that is considered to be surging, correct, yeah. Bick? Like yeah. they're the team, hey, look out for the 49ers. They're getting to a right spot. And their coaching staff and organization made a decision, hey, we want to keep this going. Um, and, and I wonder when this was decided upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a last-minute thing. I'm sure this was, was in the works for a while. Yeah. But I don't think it's a great look coming out of San Francisco for, for the players to be complaining about you know too much preparation or, or, or a change in their preparation. Yeah. Um, we'll see if it, if it well, pays dividends. I mean, Shane Doan said, hey, it's only a 24-hour thing. You get acclimated pretty quickly. Um, Lorenzo so, Alexander talked about only really being affected when you had to run long distances and back-to-back plays. Right. But but uh, I think what, what he also said was if, if you're there X amount of days, it can help. So they had four full practices in that altitude. Mm-hmm. So they went the exact opposite route of the cars. Yeah. Exact opposite. Um, and as people have pointed out, this has kind of backfired on the 49ers before. They spent a week in West Virginia between back-to-back road games um, earlier this season in order to acclimate for the East Coast time zone rather than fly back to San Francisco. Uh, and it all sounded great on paper. The trip uh, uh, apparently disrupted the players' routines. They went on to lose by 14 to the Falcons, and then they lost at home by 21 to the Chiefs the following week, so the entire trip was a total bust. So maybe the Cardinals will catch a break in this sort of gonzo method of Kyle Shanahan. Um, or, or, or maybe come the fourth quarter, we're going to see a Cardinals team that is completely gassed and a 49ers team that is not. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because it does not sound like the 49ers are all that happy with the decision-making of their bosses. Yeah, um, I remember it wasn't obviously an altitude trip, but you, you mentioned West Virginia, the Cardinals in 2015. They didn't lose a lot of games in 2015. One of the games they did lose was on the back half of a, hey, we got to play Detroit and Pittsburgh in in consecutive weeks, and they killed Detroit. They stayed at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, and then they turned out a really flat performance. Uh-huh. Lost to Michael Vick that week. I remember. The backup quarterback for the Steelers. So, um, yeah, change in routine. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe that's something the Cardinals can capitalize on. Who yeah. knows? You yeah. almost wonder why the 49ers didn't just go to Mexico City the whole time. Play in warmer weather and at the higher altitude. And not have another trip that they had to make. That is that is interesting. I mean, they instead of trying to replicate the altitude, they could have absolutely duplicated the altitude right. by yeah, going to I, the actual site. Yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm sure there's a reason for that uh, because if you were, they didn't have the practice facilities, or maybe something. Uh, because if you were going to do that, then then yeah, you probably would have looked into that. So I don't know. I don't know what the reason is, but it, it is quite the difference in philosophy. Yeah. In preparation. No, so, it couldn't be more gonna, opposite. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, ASU basketball off a big tournament win in Brooklyn last week. We'll talk to their head coach, Bobby Hurley, next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Monday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
This is the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break is presented by Arizona Ford Dealers. Arizona State wins it by the score of 87-62 to as the Sun Devils win the 2022 Legends Classic with the most lopsided victory ever by an ASU team over a nationally ranked opponent. As the Sun Devils win by 25 over the 20th ranked Wolverines. That's how it sounded last week from Brooklyn. Tim Healy, the voice of the Devils, on the call. Sun Devils get a tournament victory in uh, Brooklyn in the Legends Classic. And joining us now, the head coach of the Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley, for his weekly visit. Coach, thanks so much for adjusting your schedule today. We appreciate it. No worries. Good morning, guys. Yeah, and congrats, congrats on the win. I mean, talk about just a you know a strange change in the feeling you must have had. You know, you're down uh, 11 points with nine minutes to go in the first game against VCU, and turn that around and just absolutely dominate Michigan. I guess you're just uh, overall thoughts on your team's performance in Brooklyn, Bobby. Well, I think the first half we were still you know just reeling a touch from uh, from the, the weekend and the Texas Southern game and. Uh, you know, so we, uh, I think we got our act together late in that game. I would, uh, attribute a lot of our success to a freshman. You know, Duke Brennan came in when Warren Washington fouled out with eight minutes left in the game and, uh, you know, brought a great energy to our team. Just, uh, you know, we drew three charges down the stretch in that game. He had one of them in post defense and, uh, you know, DJ Horn hit a big three in the left corner, uh, and he struggled to score versus BCU, but uh, I think that really got him going for the next game. And and Austin Nunez was uh, was terrific in both games. All right, uh, it was quite something. What what do you think it's going to mean to this team's confidence and everything going forward to to beat a team like Michigan, ranked where they were? You, you had talked eloquently about how cool it was to be in the big city and for your kids to experience that. To cap that whole thing off with, with that victory must have been quite something. Well, we talked to the team about the history of basketball in New York and just the significance of playing on a stage like that and how much people love basketball and appreciate great basketball. So, you know, just proud of my team, all we had been through to see, you know, how hard we persevered through the VCU game to find a way to win. And then uh, just to put together that type of performance versus a team in a caliber in Michigan is, is very impressive. And it shows, uh, you know, we've got, we've got great upside and, uh, you know, I don't think that that was fool's gold. You know, I don't think our team was fool's gold in that game. It's I've seen, you know, Des Cambridge hit enough shots since he's got to us and, and DJ Horn as well. And, uh, and, and the freshman Austin Nunez is so fearless. Uh, you know, I'm just happy for Luther Muhammad going back home to the New York area to play as well as he did in the championship game. So a lot, a lot of positives to draw from. Bobby Hurley, head coach of Arizona State, our guest every week here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, in your tenure as the coach at ASU, Bobby, your team has had a knack for knocking off nationally ranked opponents. And, you know, Sun Devil fans will immediately recall the two victories o- over Kansas, one there, one in Tempe as, as kind of the high-profile ones. But in terms of quality of play against a, a top-ranked opponent. Can you think of a, a better game that your team has played in, in just in terms of top-to-bottom performance? I mean, you shot the ball at 60%. You didn't allow any runs. I mean, dominated Michigan the whole way. Was that among the best games your, your team has ever played? 
Yeah, I think tip to finish, it certainly could, could, that that case could be made. I, I you, you touched on the Kansas games, and you know, I, I look back to our Xavier game a few years ago mm-hmm. in Vegas. We really dominated them, especially in the second half. But this was from start to finish. Uh, a little disappointed in myself. I might have made a bad. I might have called a bad timeout. You know, with seven minutes left, it was. Uh, you know, that that was the one thing I'll be critical of myself on in that game, uh, even though they scored two baskets in a row. Um, and, and I just wanted to kind of slow the game down momentarily. But it was uh, just super impressed with our guys. You talk about the percentages, how we shot it from three, our field goal percentage, you know, our field goal percentage defense. Um, but I think the schedule that we had already played had prepared us for that game. And it's uh, the teams that we played are very hard playing teams, denying passing lanes everywhere. And things seem to flow easier at the offensive end for us in that game. All right. Weird scene at the end of that game with, with Michigan uh, coming and stealing the ball, then pressing, and you're up 25. And when you guys were making it clear, you were just trying to run out the clock. It looked like Juwan Howard apologized to you in the handshake line, but but you could see that the tensions kind of boiled over. What, what do you make of all of that? Was that just was that an yeah. indication of how much you got in those guys' heads, or what was that all about? I'm not going to speak for Jawan, but I, I mean, I, I would know just based on his reaction to it that he wasn't pleased that it happened. I think we both have been in games like that, and and uh, you know, for a lot of reasons, you just want it to end. And uh, so I'm, I, you know, again, I can't speak to what uh, you know what he feels about it, but just judging by his reaction, I don't think he was pleased. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, come home, you got uh, two more games uh, upcoming against uh, SWAC teams, and the first SWAC team you played Texas Southern, they got you there. I mean, uh, it doesn't get much easier with, with Grambling State and Alcorn State, does it? No, I mean, they've already, you know, you're beating Colorado by double figures, so... Um, you know, the, the home teams certainly have had an edge in the SWAC uh, Pac-12, uh, you know, initiative. And uh, so we're, uh, you know, we, we got to be ready to play, obviously. And uh, there was a lot of emotion involved, you know, in our game on Thursday night and a lot of travel. So uh, although we did have a, a good day of practice yesterday and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll build off, you know, the confidence that we're able to, to generate in New York and, and let that carry over to tomorrow night. One player I wanted to ask you about, Bobby, was uh, Jemiah Neal, who hasn't been on the court yet this year because of some injuries. What is his status moving forward for, uh, in, in recovery from that injury? Uh, Jemiah looked very good yesterday in practice, and uh, you know he's had a, he had an awesome preseason, and he was certainly you know going to be in our rotation, uh, and just hasn't had that opportunity, obviously due to the injury he had. But he traveled with the team and was uh, you know was a great teammate, just supportive of the guys, and he's uh, you know he looked uh, you know pretty explosive in practice yesterday. So I would anticipate if he has another good day today and gets some shoot around that that you could see him out there on Tuesday uh, on tomorrow night. Now, one of the uh, one of the things I like about your coaching style is you're, you you let kids play, you let them figure it out, you kind of loosen the reins a little bit, and I've always admired that in basketball coaches. Yet sometimes, if your team starts taking bad shots, then you start taking the hits for not coaching them and all that kind of stuff. This game uh, over the weekend, the VCU game, which kind of led to the Michigan game, that was, I think, 34th second half comeback in your tenure. That means, that means a basketball team and a coach Coaching staff that makes a lot of adjustments at halftime. Is that something you take pride in? Yeah, I do, and and I, I think uh, just we, we try and build a competitive spirit in our team, a competitive environment where you know uh, you know that you can make that comeback. That, that the coaches trust you. That uh, 
that you're going to compete and make enough plays. And I think because we're playing defense at a pretty high level, we're, we're able to get stops. Like we held VCU without a field goal, I think it was the last nine minutes of, of that game. So if you could count on your defense and then when it all comes together, you see something like, you know, what we did versus Michigan. Um, but, you know, the constant so far is how, you know, we've been playing uh, defense and uh, our energy we're playing at that end of the floor. And just, again, give a lot of credit to my staff and my associate head coach, uh, Jermaine Kimbrough, who, you know, I've given a lot of responsibility with our defense to getting us ready to play. And he's, he's done an outstanding job. Well, Bobby, again, congratulations. Great win for, for you and the team. Uh, best of luck against Grambling at Alcorn State. And we'll talk to you next week. And happy Thanksgiving Very to you good. and your Thanks, family. Guys. Thank you, Bobby. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest weekly. I want to squeeze this in before we go to break. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN uh, tweeted uh, just moments ago, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray might not return until after the week 13 bye, depending on how the injury heals this week per source. Wow. Giving them that, that extra time to get healthy is a consideration. Looks like Colt McCoy's show for at least another week. Interesting. Yeah, so that possibility came up in our discussion earlier in the show with the bye situated where it is, coming home after this Mexico trip. You get the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, looks like the Cardinals are going to go extreme caution with wow. Kyler Murray, wow. <laughs> even though the season wow. could be in the balance. Uh, we'll have more on that as the show goes on. Also, we'll get into some social studies with Sarah Cazell next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.